I'm Eric. I'm Lucas. And we are the Modern Agronomists. We are putting a modern spin on an old industry. Welcome back to Season 3 of the Modern Agronomists. Um, here with Eric Weber, myself, Lucas Kenyon. Today we have Ryan Jones with us from the Precision Ag Department at Country Visions. Thank you for joining us today, Ryan. Um, why don't you start? We'll start with you telling us a little bit about your background and where you're, where you're coming from. Uh, thanks for having me here today, guys. Uh, I've been with Country Visions now um, for well, going on since December. Uh, formerly CHS Larson Co-op, we merged over at the merger. So I've been doing this for eight years now. I've been the lead of our precision uh, egg department here for about a year now. Before that, I was doing sales and service. From the Oshkosh area originally, um, now I live up in the Winnie County area. I still farm with my dad and uncle in Oshkosh. Uh, we are cash crop, uh, a little bit of no-till, a little bit of conventional till, uh, leaning more towards soil management and going from there. So today, some of the things we want to talk about, I think, is basically planters in a nutshell. Um, maybe some of the technology people can add to planters, maybe some maintenance with planters, and maybe specific situations where people need to make adjustments to planters to do a better job given the soil conditions and the residue management. Absolutely. I've got uh, got some stuff here on planter maintenance we're going to start out with, and from there we're going to go into... Uh, some no-till, no-till uh, tips and tricks, and some attachments for no-till. Um, a lot of hot topics around cover crops and no-till right now, and that's why we're deciding to go with that. Awesome. I guess we can dive right in here. Um, planter maintenance, I know it's becoming that time of the season. Uh, a lot of guys are thinking about getting their planters out of the shed or have them out of the shed in the shop already. Um, a lot of guys have seen planter maintenance time and time again. It's just going to be a good quick refresher. Uh, once you have your planter in your shed, the first thing we look at is going back to our row unit. Um, we're going to start with the row cleaner. When we start with the row cleaner, we're going to look at the bearings and bushings, the tooth dimensions. Uh, we're going to spin them, make sure everything's good, tight, uh, bushings on the back of the row cleaner. And then if you do have an air system like Clean Sweep on your um, row cleaner, we're going to check for air leaks on the system. Um, also on that clean sweep cylinder is a little rubber boot down in the bottom. It's called a bellow. We want to make sure that bellow doesn't have any cracks or cuts or tears in it. If that bellow has tears, we need to replace that. What happens if that is tore is that dirt gets up inside the cylinder and you're going to wreck your cylinder. Um, the other thing we need to make sure we're doing regularly, especially during the plantings, we need to be greasing those roll cleaners. Um, should be every day, if not every other day, depending on how much use you're doing. Jumping back up on the planter. After row cleaners is the parallel arms. We need to check for worn out and slopped bushings in the parallel arms. Unfortunately, a lot of times when these parallel arms fail, it is not the bushing that fails, it is the whole parallel arm. So a lot of guys ask me, why do I need to replace these? What is the big deal? You know, I wiggle them, they go side to side. Why, why is that a big issue? Well, it's not really the side-by-side -side motion we're worried about, it's the up-down. If one of those parallel arms are wore out, you're not going to have even emergence. What happens when the parallel arm is wore out from the up-down motion is you're not going to have even uh, seed-to-soil contact. It is going to push up and down um, on the row unit and is going to affect it. Next biggest question we get around um, planters is the seed opener discs. What, what are the diameters? On a John Deere or Kinsey, uh, new they're 15 inches. On a Case 1200 series, they're 14 inches. On a Case 2000 series, we're 15 inches. And on whites, we are uh, 16 inches on a 9,000, and on 8,000, it's 15 inches. Um, everyone always asks me, when are we supposed to be replacing these? Uh, once we have a half inch off these opener discs, we need to be replacing these. 
So basically to measure these, take the gauge wheel off, take your opener disc off, pull them out, take a tape across them and measure them and see what they see what they measure. I think that's one of the most simple things, maybe not simple, but that I see going out where guys should be starting with that even. Do you agree that a lot of times, and maybe some of the older planners especially? Absolutely. Um, seed disc openers are one of the easiest things to do on the planner. Um, they are a cheap fix. Basically, if that seed tube or that uh, seed opener is not at the proper proper width or length, um, your cutting is going to be uh, off quite a bit. Um, that is, you know, one of the biggest things for no-till is we need to have that where it needs to be. And when you say off, what way is that off? Depth? Dep- Depth-wise, it's going to be off depth-wise. Um, we're also going to have some bearing issues with those. They're notorious for that, especially some of the cheaper opening discs we can get now. Um, the bearings are bad from factory or from start, or they're not going to last long. So what will happen if we aren't cutting properly, these bearings are wrong, we're going to see a W in our trench. So that seed is going to be bouncing from side to side and not falling where it needs to be. So when we're setting these uh, opening discs, you want to take a business card and slide slide them between until they catch on both sides. Um, you're going to measure in between there. So for a 3.5 millimeter blade, we need to be 1.5 to 2 inches apart. And we need to do that in two different spots on the opening disc. So take your two business cards, do it on one side, spin that opening disc around, check it on the other side. Um, when we're doing that, we want to check for the bearing wear, and we want to check to make sure everything's measuring from side to side. I have seen that guys plug these up um, and don't notice it right away, and part of the opening disc will have a flat spot on them. Uh, if that is the case, we need to replace them immediately. The other thing to check when we're taking these opening discs off, we need to check the seed guard scraper. That's what's going to be in between your opening discs. Um, when that wears down to three-quarters of an inch or less, that needs to be replaced. What that is going to do, it's going to help hold your opening disc apart to maintain proper depth. It's also going to protect your seed tube. Um, when your seed tube starts getting more, we need to replace the seed tube or your seed is going to be bouncing uh, back and forth against the opening disc on the bottom, which can create a uh, crack into the seed. From there, we're going to jump into gauge wheel arms. Um, gauge wheel arms are one of those things that, unfortunately, when they wear out, you need to replace them. On a John Deere, you can flip them from side to side one time. On a Kinsey, you have to replace them. Um, so basically, just look at your gauge wheel arms. If you have a big chunk of metal that's worn in there, we need to replace that. And also, when we're replacing the gauge wheel, we need to replace the mustache or your depth control unit that's there. Um, every planter is a little bit different. So just check that um, the arm and the frog to see, see how much wear we have. Um, seed meters. Get your meters tested at Country Visions Co-op. Uh, we're testing meters on a daily basis here. Uh, the big importance to get them calibrated on a yearly basis is that, you know, we're checking for anywhere that's in that meter. A lot of times guys will catch it with a proper monitor. Um, if they don't have a very good monitor, they're not going to know what's going on until they're planting, until their corn's coming up out of the ground. So when we are checking these meters, we're checking for a population and we're checking for singulation. So when we're talking about singulation, we're checking for the percentage of skips in multiples that are um, happening in that corn meter. On our test stand from Precision Planting, a finger meter has to be above 98.5% singulation or better to pass, and a vacuum meter needs to be 99.5% or better. We're testing those here co-op. doesn't matter what brand planner is per se, does it at all? No, it really doesn't. Uh, obviously, finger meters, everyone needs to get those tested. Uh, we can test white. We can test case. Um, some of the newer planters with some of these electric drives that are not Precision Planting, we cannot test. Those will have to go to an OEM dealership. Um, but for the most part, I would say about 90% of the meters in the market say we can test. Would you recommend if guys have seed at their farm that they're going to be seed size planting, they should maybe bring that along with? 
Uh, you can. Um, basically, if you bring it in, you tell us what your population, what your speed is, and what your seed side you plan on using. Um, we can plan accordingly. We'll use that seed size and set your meters up properly. Is there a difference between maintenance on a finger meter versus a vacuum meter? And when I say that, I guess I'm asking, is it more crucial to have a finger meter tested more frequently versus a vacuum? Yep. So it really depends what style of meter. Um, factory OEM meters, we need to test those ones absolutely every single year. Um, there's just a lot of wear parts in those that people don't realize. Uh, when you get to a precision planning finger meter, we need to change that brush on a yearly basis. Um, it's just, it's going to, it's going to help with how much seed you're knocking off and holding on to that disc. When we come to vacuum meters, the precision planning ESET meter or the John Deere Pro 40 meter, we need to check those pretty frequently. Um, there's a lot of wear components in there that can wear out as well. When it comes to the precision planting, the VSET meter, they are pretty bulletproof. We should still run them every year, every other year, uh, but they do seem to last quite a bit longer. Mm-hmm. And why do you think that is, just the lack of wear parts through that meter? Lack of wear parts, and they've done a lot of development. Uh, when it comes to the VSET meter, I've seen it a lot of demonstrations. You can plant runts, M&Ms, Skittles all mixed together. That meter just plants everything you throw at it. The next topic I get a lot of questions on is going to be the closing system. Uh, the tails in a closing system uh, wear out. There's eccentric bushings in them. We need to check those eccentric bushings, make sure there's not a lot of slop. So in order to check that, we need to take all the pressure off the spring and just wiggle them back and forth from side to side. We need to check how much slop is in there. If we, we're starting to get a lot of play. We need to replace that tail, if not just that eccentric bushing. Um, we need to check the bearings and what the actually closing wheels look like in back. There's a lot of different closing wheels out in the market today. Um, there's a lot of planters that still have two rubbers on, and there's a lot of planters that are running Yetter Twisters, Schlegels, all sorts of different closing wheels. Uh, we need to check for proper spacing down at the bottom. For rubber wheels, two and a half inches with the standard standard is from the bottom. So you're going to measure that basically from the bottom of the wheels on both sides, measure that two and a half inches, make sure we're in there. If we're not properly there, we need to shim, shim that properly. Uh, we need to check the spring, make sure the spring is not broke, check for pressure on that. And the biggest thing we need to do is we need to check for closing system alignment. Uh, in order to do that, you're going to set your planter down in your yard, uh, drive forward, see where that um, trench is being created from your opening discs, and see where your alignment is on your, your wheels. We're going to want that trench to be right in the center. Um, if that is off a little bit, we need to either adjust eccentric bushings, we need to figure out what is going on, why, why that is happening. Have you seen a trend with closing systems from when you started to now, have people kind of switched from smooth rubbers to more of an aggressive closing type system? Yeah, so it really depends what kind of soil we're going after. You know, eight years ago, there's a lot more conventional tillage going on than there is today. Uh, conventional tillage, a lot of guys are still running the dual rubbers. Um, when guys are switching from no-till or strip-till or anything like that, a lot of guys are running uh, either two aggressive wheels or one rubber and one spike. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other hot topic that's going around right now is precision planning's furrow force. Uh, we'll explain a little bit more of that later in the podcast. Uh, a few tips for no-till and just planter maintenance in general. Uh, there's a lot of guys that go and order new planters, and the dealership talks them into putting no-till coulters on. Every no-till conference you go to or everything you read on no-till, they say remove those no-till coulters. And the reason being is that what no-till coulters do is they cut a trench in front of the opening discs. What we found out through the years is that they throw a lot of soil out of the seed zone, and one of the drawbacks is that the soil cannot be gathered back to close that slot properly. So a lot of guys ask me, should I have them on or leave them off? My advice to you is take them off, hang them on a nail in the shed, and go from there. Uh, the other tip or trick that we need to really pay attention to 
is leveling our planner. A lot of guys say, hey, my planner is level at the tongue, um, but I don't see the levelness back on the bar. So when we're leveling a planner, we don't really care about the tongue levelness as much. We need to go back to where that row unit attaches to the bar and make sure that bar is level there. Um, that's going to give us our, our proper seed-to-soil contact once we have everything leveled. I guess you guys have any other questions on planner maintenance or stuff on that? My question, and I, you know, you maybe covered this, maybe you didn't, but what is the most overlooked maintenance that when planners come into your shop and someone says, this is doing this, this, and this, not going my way, what do you think is the most overlooked maintenance that contributes to a planter not doing its job properly? Uh, opening disc is probably our, our main thing that people are like, don't know why this is happening, don't know what's going on. Um, we start ripping ripping into them and their opening discs have bad bearings or they're shimmed improperly. Um, gauge wheels are shimmed improperly. Uh, it's just proper shimming to make everything flow correctly. If we don't have everything flowing correctly through there, what's going to happen is that soil is going to build up behind that gauge wheel or build up in that opening disc. We're going to have a lot of plugging issues. Uh, that is probably our number, number one thing we see. The other thing we see is that guys take their planter, um, after the end of the year and they throw it in the shed, they don't wash it, they have fertilizer on it. Uh, when that fertilizer gets in those chains, we're finding a frozen link in there. So what a frozen link is going to do is every time it comes around to that meter, it comes around, it's either going to double a seed or it's going to skip that seed when the chain jumps. That is a very important thing to watch out for as well. See, cool. I've never heard of that one before, the frozen right. chain. That was just – that's why I asked. I just feel like people can go through the same steps that they've done every year. I've got to check this, this, and this, but – maybe they really should be focusing more on one area area than than others and i, I just think it's an easy area for people to you know pre- prevent problems before the planter even hits the field yep another thing for people to watch out for too is uh proper air pressure in your tires um you know that's going to create if, you, if you're running too low pressure too high pressure uh you're going to create uh, compaction in areas or sidewall pinching if your tires are too close to the row units um the other thing you have to Watch out for with that is on proper air pressure. Some of these guys have ground drive planters that are running off the chains, off the tires. You need to make sure the air tire pressure is proper there. Um, if it's not, what's going to happen is you're going to mess up what your chain is supposed to be doing on that drive unit. So going back to when you said on a, like a true no-till planter coming from the dealership and they're selling you some type of coulter up front, I see a lot of times, especially like a new, let's say, sod or heavy ground, where that trench is not closing at all. And now is that a problem from the front of the planter or is that more so on the back end? Uh, it could start up front with the no-till coulter and what you have going on up there. If you don't have proper low clean, row cleaners to size that uh, residue that's up front and get that trench clean in front of the, the row unit going through it. Um, but that also does depend on what closing system you're running as well. Um, a sod field, a hay field coming out first year, trying to no-till into that is a very difficult thing. A lot of farmers struggle with that around here, especially with different closing systems and soil moisture what's in the ground uh, if it's very dry it's gonna be very hard to close this year was a great example of that i had a client that no-tilled after first crop ground was super dry super hard you know they've got aggressive closing systems but it's still the ground was just so hard they just could not get that trench covered yeah, that's a common topic we see a lot. And a lot of guys, you know, hey, it looks like it's closing great today. When I come back tomorrow, uh, super dry. We didn't get any rain overnight. Why are my trenches open again? Um, we have air pockets. Basically what's happening is we're getting just a little bit of loose soil over the top, and it looks like it's covering great. Uh, once that soil and dust settles down, we see that our closing system did not close properly. 
So another thing that I would address for people is get a seed digger when you're planting. It doesn't matter if it's conventional till, no-till, strip till. Go out and actually dig in your seed trench. Don't just walk back and look at look at what it's doing. Actually dig and make sure you're properly closing. A lot of guys would be surprised to find air gaps where it's not closing properly. We need to either adjust our tension or change what we're doing. I have a question about row cleaners. I think one of our colleagues had went to a, a meeting just recently and I think they stated in this meeting that your roll cleaners should be clearing a path wide enough that your gauge wheels are riding on that clean path. What do you... That's a tough one. That's a tricky one. We need to make sure that our, our soil that we're going into is in that optimal in that optimal range. You know, we're not going into big clumps and balls and all that stuff. The roll cleaner is actually designed to float. So it's actually supposed to be in the ground or pushing on top of the soil about 70% of the time. Uh, we don't want that at 100%. We're, the roll cleaner is there to remove residue and manage residue. It's not there to make a plow furrow for you in front of it. Um, so yes, they are there designed to be wide enough to hold the gauge wheels and, and clean in front of the gauge wheels. But we have to make sure our, our soil is proper before we go and plant. Mm-hmm. I guess when I think of that, and maybe I'm wrong, so correct me, but if you're no-tilling through high residue, let's say corn stalks, that'd be a pretty common practice here. Um, your row cleaner's only cleaning a two-inch path, but your gauge wheels are outside of that, and they're floating on top of corn stalks, could you potentially then at that point get a false depth if your gauge wheels are riding, you know, above where the row cleaner was? Yes, absolutely you can, Uh, especially if you're throwing too much soil and that soil is going where those gauge wheels are. You have to be very careful with that as well. Um, Proper downforce management is going to help solve that issue because it's going to be knowing that we have to push down to a certain level. But, yes, it can throw things off. Okay. Um, The other common thing with roll cleaners now is people keep asking me, well, do I run a beveled wheel or a shark tooth wheel? Uh, We recommend for anyone that's going into a lot of residue, uh, no-till, strip-till scenario, uh, try to switch to the shark tooth. What the shark tooth is going to do, it's going to be more of a prominent pattern. Uh, it's going to size residue and manage that residue a little bit better than a beveled one will. Do you have any experience with row cleaners and planting through like a rye cover crop? Yes, I do. So uh, especially with that, that's where the shark tooth roll cleaner is going to come into effect really well. Um, sometimes with the beveled roll cleaners, we tend to plug up in a tall cover crop. Uh, they start to twist in there and just intertwine and we plug. Uh, the shark tooth doesn't do a lot better job. Is that because it's doing more of a cutting action more Correct. so? Okay. Yeah, more, more of a cutting and sizing and pushing stuff out of the way a little bit better. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank Ryan for coming in today and discussing a lot of this stuff. I think with this kind of being new or newer to Country Visions, um, I think we got one heck of a team that you got there to get a lot of this stuff done. So I guess reach out to your, to your agronomist or whoever you were working with, co-op, and we can get you in touch with Ryan and uh, go from there.